It's time for JT the Brick. So we are open for business again, everybody. I had a dream that someday we'd have a flagship station with the cooperation of the team and the fans that stream globally. JT the Brick. Are we all on board with that? Because if you're not on board with this, you're going to have to enter a mental asylum. If you're not on board with this, it's going to drive you nuts. Jackpot, baby! And now, here's JT the Brick. Out of the gate, JT with you. Thanks for joining us, everybody, as we begin. And we get you rolling today on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. It's the aftermath. That's what we do on Mondays, and we love doing it during the regular season. We'll do it during the preseason, but Mondays are wild. Coming off, hopefully, more victories and losses like last year, and we just spend Monday and most of Tuesday recapping the game. Wednesday, we put the game plan in, the name of my podcast for years. We game plan the upcoming opponent. We get guests on from the other team. We try to get a player, alumni on. We have all of our insiders lined up and confirmed for this year, ready to go on a biweekly basis. Very excited to announce that coming up here. And that's the program. That's the grid that Bobby and I get into hopefully into February. So it starts here in a couple of weeks after the final game against the Patriots in the preseason. Saw a lot of cool people, a lot of listeners, a lot of listeners who came to the Torch. Really appreciate that. Yesterday as we kicked off the pre-game at the Torch to start the season off. Nice crowd. I mean, everything from Wayne Newton to Sister Sledge to the house band to all the fun that we had there. Appreciate everybody who comes up there. Kind of want to make that a tradition after your tailgate. After you get done with your tailgate party, just to come up to the Torch, uh, the bar is open at the Torch, you got the view of the city, you got the ability to do everything there, have a beverage, look out at the field, and then get to your seats. You know, instead of just going in there and racing to your seat, people have club seats. Look, if you're spending all that money in the Champions Club and you're getting everything free, well, not free, you're paying for it, so you get your open bar and all that, I get it. But if you're looking to get a Modelo, Let's get Modelo into the opening. You want an ice cold Modelo? Uh, come on up to the torch, and we'd love to host you up there and have a good time. So, what are we thinking about this game yesterday? No injuries, no injuries, be healthy. That's really what it is because I had a long day yesterday. It felt like the longest day of the year. I was at the stadium around 9 30. We went on the air at 11 15. Then I ended the post game show at about 6 05 p.m. And then uh, hosted my Mad Dog Serious show from 8 to 11 p.m. So that day started early and ended late. And on my national show, I just basically talked about the injuries to Zach Wilson, the quarterback of the Jets, some of the quarterbacks who played and who didn't play. And we knew that Derek Carr wasn't going to play going into this game, and everybody's cool with that. We're probably not going to see Derek Carr. No need to play him a series unless you play him a quarter. And why play him at all? You're just looking at the Chargers in week one and keeping him healthy there and all the work that they're getting in practice. And as you know, Ed Graney wrote about it today in the Review Journal. The most important part of the entire preseason is the dual workouts against the Patriots before the Patriot game, which is the last preseason game. That's Alumni Weekend. So those two practices are going to be imperative for the Raiders. It's going to be physical, one-on-one battles, scrimmage, and the game doesn't mean much after those practices. So that's going to be a really big week for the Raiders because by that time, Belichick rolls in with New England. This offensive line needs to be set. Offensive line doesn't need to be set today. As I was talking to one of the alumni before the show, 
about this, and it's kind of unique, the situation where the Raiders are in. I don't recall this ever in my career with the Raiders. Maybe you do. I don't recall this. I don't think it's ever happened where four positions roughly are open and everybody's playing every position other than Colton Miller. I don't think you can name a time in Raider history unless it was year one that I wasn't around for, but the years of Art Shell and Gene Upshaw and John Vela and Henry Lawrence, that wasn't the case. And the years that we had Lincoln Kennedy playing up front with Barrett Robbins and those teams and the big guys up front, that wasn't the case. So now when Colton Miller doesn't play, they are working players in at all these positions, which is the right thing to do. And there's nothing wrong with that. But it is unique. Most teams around the NFL are not in that position. They're not doing that. They're not doing that at all. Most of the teams here have their offensive line set or an understanding of it. And then they're either resting the starters and letting the other starters play just a little bit. And then they're putting in the backups who play those backup positions. That is not the case with the Raiders who are moving everyone around. Illuminor to left tackle. Thayer Mumford's the big story in the press box. Everybody I talked to was talking about Mumford from Ohio State or the Ohio State and his ability to come in and play right tackle as he started the game and Leatherwood came in in the second half. So you have two super young right tackles, most likely, who are going to play in Alex Leatherwood and Thayer Mumford. One played for Ohio State, the other played for Alabama and won the Outland Trophy and a national championship. I don't know what you want here. You got a guy from Ohio State and you got a guy from Alabama. Both on their first contracts who are expected to play and compete for that position. May the best man win. I thought it would be Leatherwood unless Leatherwood uh, doesn't play well over the next couple of weeks. And Mumford is the last ditch choice and they have to do it. But I'll stand with what I've said the entire time I've been on the radio this preseason. I think that Dave Ziegler is going to get another offensive lineman. I think he's going to get a swing tackle. He's going to get a right tackle. It's going to be on a cut down where a player with a recognizable name is released for salary purposes. He loses out the position. They don't want to pay that player that amount of money to be a a backup, and the Raiders maybe are able to pick up a player like that. That's what I suggested. I've been suggesting that for weeks here. But that is not a guarantee. I don't know who that player would be. No idea who that player could be. Neither do you. So the offensive line is the big topic of the entire preseason. You know, four Raiders came in in the top 100 of the players there released by NFL Network, voted on by the players. That's a pretty good topic today. I thought that Derek Carr came in too high. He should have been, he should have had a better ranking. I really believe that. I think the same thing could be said for Max Crosby. I really do. So when I look at all of that, I mean, that's a topic and that's some low hanging fruit that people can get into today. But I'd rather talk about the game and your experience. And what was your experience like at the game yesterday? When I did, when I was working last night, I was looking on my phone and there was a lot of talk about the airport being a disaster. Uh, there was an alarming false alarm uh, with someone who got by security. The next thing you know, they had to clear out the entire airport. There were people coming and leaving. It was a disaster here. And some of those people were trying to get to the Aces game and the Raider game. And I, as I tweeted out, we have a pretty good airport here. We do. We actually do have a pretty good airport here. And usually you can get in and out of there pretty quick, but it was a disaster yesterday. And I enjoyed the game. I liked being on the stage at the torch. Wayne Newton sang, Sister Sledge, as we said, the music, the house band, and all of that. But I'm about winning football games. And how is this team going to win more games than they did last year, which was 10, as Las Vegas still has them with the season win total at 8.5.
So I thought it was a pleasant game yesterday. It's, there was nothing catastrophic. There wasn't a big injury. Darren Waller was across the street. I got about 10 texts from people. What do you think about Waller being across the street? I really got not much to say. If the coach knew about it and the owner knew about it, who cares what JT the Brick thinks about that in third person? If he was excused to go watch his girlfriend play basketball across the street at Mandalay Bay and the owner's team is now the number one seed and he wasn't going to play in the game, I don't have an issue with that at all. Maybe you do. But uh, clearly with Darren Waller, it's getting to the point where he's missing a tremendous amount of practice time. Tremendous amount of practice time. But reportedly, he's going to be okay. And reportedly, if it is a hamstring or if it's slight or whatever it is with the contract, it'll all get figured out and we'll have him ready to play. I don't have it as an alarming topic yet because I don't think it is. As I've told you before, I don't talk about players' money. I don't. I have to talk with them. I have to interview the coach every week. I do not talk about players' money. And when the players leave, that happens and it becomes obvious to everybody we get into the topic. But now it seems like everybody, I'm I'm looking at all the insiders here writing about Waller. They think everything's cool. So he was across the street at the Aces game. Congratulations to the Aces on the one seed. Now go win the title for Mark Davis and the entire organization. Uh, Back to some of the sound bites that became the highlights of the game. We begin with Stidham, who can run the ball. Very important here. He's a big, athletic quarterback who can tuck and run. He did it again for this touchdown. On the Vikings, four, a third and goal. Working left to right. Stidham's out of the gun. He's got Kenyon Drake off his hip. Snap. Plenty of protection. Looking over the middle. Pocket collapses. He takes off to the goal line. Touchdown, Stidham. Six the hard way. This is Jason Horowitz on the call on Compass Media and our flagship Raider Nation radio, as you know. So as you heard on the play-by-play by Jason, who does a nice job, the pocket was breaking down. The pocket was breaking down, and he had to take off and run. Let's stay with that theme as Stidham was sacked multiple times in this game. Here's the third sack. You're on third and 11. Pressure off the edge. Stidham sees it. Looking downfield. Being chased from behind. Down he goes around the ankles. T.Y. McGill chased him out of the pocket, brought him down at the 32, the third sack of Jarrett Stidham here in the first half, and that'll bring on the punt team. All right, so let's talk about that for a second. What do you think about the nine sacks in two preseason games? Again, it does, it's not that alarming because the starters aren't playing, but then again, these guys are starters. They're going to play. These are starters. Colt Miller's not playing. The rest of the guys are trying to figure out who's going to start and they're getting used to each other, and they're not really game-planning these games as deeply as they would a regular season game. And in the regular season, that would be Derek Carr. Would Carr be able to throw the ball away better than Stidham? I hope so. Would he be able to make a play better than Stidham? I think so. So maybe we don't see those sacks there. But that is an interesting stat. Nine sacks that the Raiders have given up so far in two preseason games. I'm sure that's something that will be cleaned up here sooner than later. We move on to Stidham finding Turner, who had a really big game. And I thought this was the key here when we talk about the wide receivers, when we talk about the depth of the running back room and how many players are going to be available. This was another big play where a receiver shined. Mullins out of the gun. Pressure off the edge. Throws it across the middle. It's caught at the 20. Racing near sideline 10. Turner to the 5. 6 easy. Touchdown Raiders. On a strike to DJ Turner, trying to make this roster for 35 yards. A mulling on the touchdown there. It was a nice throw in stride. Very nice touchdown there. 
uh, on the only game played on Sunday. Uh, that was a highlight that you saw all over Sports Tur- uh, Center. Saw it all over NFL Network, and it was a burst after the catch and a very good play there. Mullins, 7 of 9 for 94 yards in that touchdown. Stidham, 10 of 15, 68 yards. And Garber's 2 of 3 for 19 yards in the game. I thought the quarterbacks played well. Turner, 3 receptions for 58 yards and a touchdown. Robinson, 2 receptions for 28 yards. And I like Hollins. He had one big pop catch over the middle. Uh, one for 15 yards on that play with only one target. One target in the game there. So with everything that we saw, I think the quarterback play has been really solid. I think it's been solid, and I think everybody should be happy about the fact that whoever the backup quarterback is going to be, it's going to be key. Here's another Mullins pass to Robinson. This was key for a first down. They need the Vikings 31 for a first down. Mullins drops back to pass, looking downfield, lows and throws. Robinson goes up and makes the grab right at the sticks in front of a defender. He used his body to shield off Josh Metellus. Maybe a half yard shy of the sticks. They mark him down at the 32. But he picked up 23 and a half on that stick. Yeah, that was nice. That was a really nice opportunity there to make a play, make an important play at a key point, and do it. I like that. I like being able to play those type of highlights here. So that's where we're at. Uh, Let's get to the final call, Bobby, as the Raiders win this game. There was a fumble late that the Raiders recovered on, or Minnesota could have got the ball with an opportunity to win the game. That wasn't the case, and the Raiders go to 2-0. Final snap. Down to the knee, the seconds will tick off. The Raiders start walking over from the near sidelines to meet the Vikings at midfield. The crowd applauds because Las Vegas just win, baby. 2-0 in the preseason. All right, so the monologue and the highlights brought to you by PT's, the best happy hour in town. 5 to 7, midnight to 2 a.m., all their locations, the SG Bar, where I go to at the top of 215 in Flamingo. Great location for your fantasy football draft. Remember, don't know where you are with your fantasy football draft. PTs has been doing it longer than anybody. I repeat, anybody. They know how to do it. They know what you're coming in for. They know how to set you up to give you extra room. Great bar food, drinks. Have your fantasy football party and your opportunity to watch games at PTs. All those 64-plus taverns here in town, they're ready to accommodate you. So that's where I am with the highlights of the game. You should be calling now. you got to have an opinion on the wide receivers, the running backs, or the offensive line. Today's a good day to talk about the depth of the offensive line and how you, as a fan of the Raider Nation, how are you keeping up with all of this? Because Vinny Monsignor put in his column today, I mean, it is hard to keep track of the rotation of this offensive line. I watched most of the game in the press box, and you know I would have needed binoculars to keep an eye on all the players that were coming in and out. But they're doing it for a reason. This is what they're doing. Everybody's getting a ton of work on the offensive line in the preseason. For those who say, man, the Raiders aren't playing their starters. Yeah, they are on the offensive line other than Colt Miller. Someone's going to have to start at left guard center, right guard and right tackle. And man, they are mixing and matching them and giving everybody a chance to play. I think Mumford has distinguished himself as, as a guy who has an opportunity to start now. Do I like that opportunity? I mean, he's a rookie. He's never played an NFL game. You're asking him to go up against Joey Bosa or Khalil Mack in week one. That's hard. So I like Leatherwood. I think Leatherwood can make it happen. I'm looking for Leatherwood. This week with Miami is really important because if you've ever been to Miami for a football game in September, and this is still August, it's brutal. 
It is brutal. It's like playing football outside in Vegas, and we don't have to, in a dome stadium. So I have no idea what Josh McDaniels is going to do. But this is a game where hydration, hamstrings, the ability to play, you're going to be pushed in Miami. So if some of the offensive linemen play two quarters or maybe three, they're going to have to because they're making a small cut down of five players before they make the bigger cut and down to 53. So the next two weeks are very important. The long road trip to Miami in adverse heat conditions. Then the Patriots come here for practices, scrimmages against the Raiders that are going to be tough because the Patriots don't look good in the preseason. I've been following that. And the Raiders kind of have to have their idea of who's going to be playing in those practices so they can have the first teamers out there and they can play. So these next two weeks are going to be really busy here. And you should be calling right now with your opinion on all of this, 702-365-9200. Josh McDaniels postgame and what he had to say, you know, about being healthy. That's the key to get into these games and get out of these games and have everybody feeling good. Seems like we made it out of this game fairly healthy um, relative to – uh, people coming out of the game. We'll see how it how it turns up tomorrow. But guys played hard. Yeah, they did play hard. That's another cool thing that everybody's talking about. They're playing hard. They play hard. You could you could tell by watching these games. No one's jumping off sides, making stupid mistakes. No hands to the face. It just seems like a much cleaner football team, and that's important because Raider fans have been moaning about that for decades. Let's play smarter football. And we're seeing that under Josh McDaniels, who seemed pretty excited. I saw him down there on the sideline. He had his daughters, his son there, his wife. It was a family affair. He was blown away, and the game was pretty good. thought they played hard. thought they competed and finished the game. And uh, there's certainly some things we're going to see tomorrow that we need to fix, but a good day overall. Yeah, I think it was a good day overall. I did the post game afterwards, and you know, we only took a few calls because it's a preseason game, but everybody seemed okay. You know, there's not a lot of intensity right now on the radio in the preseason for obvious reasons. Then Josh McDaniels talked about the tackle position, all the competition before they make the ultimate choice. No, just, I mean, other than I think we have some depth at tackle, you know, and and some competition. Um, you know, we've told them since the first day we got here that this was going to be a, a situation where, you know, guys earn their opportunities and they'll determine their role. So uh, we felt like there's been a lot of healthy competition practice. Um, and, you know, last week we started a certain group uh, against uh, Jacksonville and uh, we felt like practice this week, um, you know, pushed that competition even further and wanted to go ahead and give a few other opportunities today. Uh, and I thought we did that, uh, you know, move some guys in and out inside, started there on the right side. Again, for a young guy, he's really, um, you know, he's, he's done a nice job for himself uh, and earned the opportunity that he had today. So, again, we'll see what the film shows us and tells us. But uh, I think it was, there was, there was some good things to see from all those tackles. Yeah, talking about Mumford, he's impressing. You've got to have guys like that impressed, right? What's the point of drafting them if they're not impressing you in camp in some preseason games? And we saw that. Look. Nine sacks in two games is obviously not desired. But I'm not one of the people there that are worried about it. I'm less concerned uh, than I was entering the season. What's happening now is Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels are gathering information. So I'm expecting them to utilize the best five really soon. Many of those sacks will be avoided by a group of five being more familiar with each other. The offensive line as a unit will start gelling together soon. They have to, and I expect them to do that. Now, the play of D.J. Turner, I don't know if he got a game ball 
or whatever happened afterwards, but he definitely showed that he has that burst to good hands. He had a big game. He did a good job. Um, you know, did a good job in, in the kicking game, had a good return, um, and then certainly made plays when the ball found him on offense. So uh, DJ's very consistent. He's been consistent all the way through uh, starting in the spring. Um, he knows what his job is. And he plays fast, and he's physical for a smaller guy. He's you know he's got good size, and uh, you saw his burst there. You know on the on the touchdown catch. So uh, makes the most of his opportunities, which that's what we ask everybody to try to do. And uh, DJ certainly did that today. All right. So Bobby threaded the needle in that monologue. That was close, and I had nothing to do to it to perfection. We come in on a Monday. We play highlights from the game. We play post game sound. That's how I end the broadcast on the post-game show. That's how I begin Monday. And then I open up the phones for you for your reaction. I like intense reaction. I like callers who are a little bit over the top, who are super passionate, can put a phone call together and know what they're doing. And it's preseason, so that's what I'm doing here. Looking to get the preseason out of the way for the regular season. If you got an opinion on anything that happened, anything that happened in that game, that you're excited about or concerned about, let us know at 702-365-9200. Raider Dave, who I heard from last night, uh, kicks off the week today in Denver. How are you, Dave? Thanks for checking in. Doing great. Thanks, JT, for taking the call. Raiders, I love it. Uh, I saw some fire and some swearing coming out of uh, McDaniel's mouth in that first kind of uh, drive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was a little frustrated that we got the old... Uh, you know, that uh, red zone uh, lack of scoring, he knows that we've got to conquer that. Every time we get within that red zone, we got to put six on the board. And it was good to see that he got fiery about it, right? And then um, as far as the rest of the team, I'm liking it. I see the energy, the running back crew. I like the way they're bouncing off guys and being able to find some, some rhythm moving along. The QBs, the backup QBs looking pretty Pretty snappy. I like that. You know, they're, they're taking yeah. it, except for Stidham, you know, kind of uh, hanging on to the ball a little bit too long there for them sacks. He's got to know that he's only got 2.5, right? So, uh, you know, that that's kind of what I'm seeing right now. Mm-hmm. Defense flying around, looking good. It was good to see, um, you know, some uh, John, uh, Abrams and those guys mm-hmm. getting, Jonathan Abrams getting out there and, and, and putting some, pads on people and, and doing some things so they're looking good as far as what i'm seeing from these first two uh preseason games and um i can't wait to get in that building man yeah, JT, i'm great. over here I'm, I'm over here in oakland and i'm itching man every time i see everybody partying out and see all my friends and stuff uh i gotta okay. get to the stadium and, and, and well come on down come on down rowdy. appreciate the call right. gotta run thank you my friend yeah Come on out. There's a lot of fans. You know, Cisco and the Black Hole came up to the stage, which was really nice to see those guys and Gorilla Rilla and the guys who were tailgating. And everybody was just having a good time. They have a bunch of new features at the stadium now around the torch. There's a fan interaction area where you can watch the halftime concert with the house band. There's a standing room area there that if you have those tickets, you get moved over to watch the house band in that standing room only section. Uh, Raiders are trying to do everything to make it the best experience in all of football. And it's been a work in progress. Year one, no fans. Year two, with fans with a vaccination. Year three, fans with not a vaccination. A lot lot going on. A lot of big decisions being made here. And hopefully Raider fans appreciate that. Jordan in New York. Haven't heard from you, Jordan. I hope you're well. What's happening? 
Thanks, JT, for taking my call. With Tyreek Hill gone, I think the Raiders could win the AFC West with their defense. I think so. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be hard for them to win the AFC West. Thanks for the call, buddy. They're going to have to. They're going to have to thread the needle and play almost a perfect season to win the West. And I'm not saying wild card yet. I'll make my predictions here. I like the Raiders at ten wins. Last year I had them at nine. They won ten. I like them at ten this year because of the brutality of the schedule. I know Raider fans want to pick eleven and twelve wins. You look at the schedule; it's hard to find eleven or twelve wins. Unless the team starts off very fast, like they have the last couple of years, and they stockpile some wins early that weren't all expected. What do I mean by that? On the road in the division. On the road against the Chargers. On the road against Kansas City. Okay, you got Denver at home. You got to win that game. You got Arizona at home. You got to win that game. You got to hope that that game in Nashville. Oh, by the way, let me get this in quickly. We're going to Nashville. So well, I'm back on the road with the team this year, but anchoring the pre and post, I'm back for most of the road games. We're at M Resort, Spawn Casino, but we're going to Tennessee, and we're looking to go big. So if you're going to Tennessee, reach out to me here in the next couple of weeks. You know, we got well over a month or so to go to Tennessee, but we're going to make it a big one. We're taking the pregame on the road. We're going to be there for the weekend. I'm looking for some bar partnerships, some fan booster clubs to come in. You might be going to New Orleans. You might be going to Jacksonville. We're kicking it off in Nashville. So we need Raider Nation who's on the road. It's a great location. That city has exploded as a sports community. And thank God we beat them at the draft and had more fans. We had a top there, 600,000. We were able to do it because we're Vegas. But we're coming in big. We're coming into Nashville. And I'm coming in hot. All right? It's going to be big. If you've ever been to my parties or my road trips in the past, some of you have, they're good. But we're putting it together now. And we'll let you know as we get closer to that. But I'm excited about that. Here we go. Raiders coming off a win. They're 2-0 in the preseason. I'm not shooting off confetti cannons. But I like what I see with this team buttoned up with this coaching staff. And I know the GM is looking. And the GM is looking to upgrade this team. And has done a good job with this team retaining the stars. And having the ability for this team to be better. 702-365-9200. We're brought to you by Remy Martin. They have the botanist gin. Botanist chin, cool, refreshing. Split a lemon open or a lime, throw it in there. Give it a shot. Tastes fantastic. They are a proud partner. Remy Martin, team up for excellence as they're in the gin game. And they're in big with the botanist gin, winning awards all over the globe. Give it a shot the next time you're looking for a gin and tonic or something else. JT, we begin. It's not like we haven't discussed why we're doing it. Um, you know, like I said, there's there's different reasons for what we did. Um, and we have more time still. You know, we don't play another game for – or we don't play a, a regular season game for a while. So um, I think we, we allow these opportunities, um, you know, to be determined by what we see and how they perform in practice. And so, um, you know, each – there's some guys that maybe didn't start tonight for one reason or another that will be starting on opening day, you know, at some point. You know, but the competition is real. Uh, it's ongoing, and uh, I think it's the healthiest thing we have going for us in the locker room because it makes everyone better. And when they, you know, when they know they come to work and there's something to be said about each day's work that they put in, 
that makes it more important. And so they come in with a great attitude and a great approach, and I think it's made our team better. Wow, that's special. That's a hell of a soundbite, right? What Josh McDaniel said, what they're doing with the O-line makes the locker room better. Competition, everybody fighting for a job there. And hopefully it gets better. The competition level gets better. Can't afford an injury to Colt Miller. That's why he won't play. Everybody else needs to play and prove that they're able to start or come in quickly in any situation. Offensive linemen get banged up all the time. They go down to the pile. Someone twists an ankle. Something happens. you got to put a new guy in. And I'll tell you this. These guys will be prepared. I don't know how good they'll be. I don't know how great they'll be, but they'll be prepared. Any offensive lineman that runs off the sideline to get into the game on second and third down or play a series they weren't planning on it will be prepared, period. Tom Cable was a very good offensive line coach, decorated offensive line coach. Okay, He had good players and got them ready. This is a different philosophy now with what they're doing here. Everybody be able to play multiple positions. And I think eventually this team, that's why I look at this Dave Ziegler start as a two- or three-year process, even though they want to win every game. Dave Ziegler is going to get his offensive linemen in here, eventually the ones he likes via the draft. Dylan Parnham, Thayer Mumford looks really good, and, you know, free agent possibly, and they'll get their guys in there. But for now, everybody seems to understand their role and what they're doing. Hey, quick reminder, this Friday from 4 to 6, my podcast series continues at Virgin Hotels over there, the old Hard Rock Virgin Hotels here in Vegas. I got a couple of guests. We're putting them together, so I'll have some really good guests coming up. We do a podcast in the main lobby, so you can come in, get a drink in the shag room of the bar, sit down on the couches, and check it out. Uh, Coming up, I'll have John Sassenti, the president of the Las Vegas Bowl, dear friend of mine, America's favorite sports gambler. If you're into sports gambling, Crack, Bill Krakenberger, is going to join me this week, and we're working on a couple other guests. So that'll be Friday, uh, once a month, and it's up this Friday at Virgin Hotels right here in Las Vegas, 702-365-9200. As we continue, let's get out to Operator Raider in Oakland. Go ahead. Operator, you there? Go ahead. Okay, he must have me on hold. We'll get back. Is he there, Bobby? All right. Okay. Uh, Maybe it's the phone ghost here as I start off on Monday. 702-365-9200. And we could move on if we want to come back here on the other side. Uh, what do we got, Bobby? Give it to me here, or I'll just move on to another. Operator, you're up next. Go ahead. What's happening? What's up, JT? Doing great. What's happening? Yeah. Uh, so, I uh, watching the game yesterday, mm. seeing the, the offensive line. It looked like they, they got a little bit better than the week prior. And mm-hmm. um, a little bit more con- even though they gave up four sacks. But I really liked what I saw from Thayer Munford. I'd like to see him get that swing tackle roll and move to left tackle this week, see how he does there. And uh, I, he has, I think he has a legitimate shot to win the starting job over Leatherwood, honestly. He looked pretty good for uh, – Yeah, he's a, he's, a, he's a big body, and I think his footwork is a little bit better in the passing game already. I know, I know that Leatherwood's a better run blocker. He's just a road grader, and he's bigger, and he's had a lot more attempts than him, but – Again, I, I'm going to guess with you. I don't know. I, I like them both. But I'm going to guess that Leatherwood's the starter at right tackle unless he really deteriorates there. He's got, these, are, these are the two biggest weeks of Leatherwood's NFL career here with Miami and then the practices against New England before that game to really show his anger, his aggressiveness, and the ability to go win that spot on a permanent basis. Absolutely. Appreciate the call. Thanks for checking in. You know, this isn't 
We're going to pull for all these guys. Whoever's not the starter, we know that they're going to play because of the youth and the lack of experience on this offensive line. Same thing with Andre James at center. I thought Andre played reasonably well, especially on a couple of the... Brian Baldinger from NFL Network, Baldy, put out a video of the Raiders' offensive line and what they're doing. The key to what the Raiders are doing, everyone, you know this already, is that they're using max protection at times. They're leaving in a tight end, and they're leaving a back end to chip. And that's what they're going to do. But the reason I don't want to see a lot of that with Derek Carr is because with Carr, I want to see four or five wide. So you don't have to leave in a running back or a tight end to block because the offensive line can do their job. If they can do their job, you don't have to protect and mass protect Derek Carr. It looks like they're going to go in that direction because the offensive line is an elite and it's not above average. So if we're going into the season with an average offensive line other than Colt Miller and the protection is going to be there to help out Derek Carr, well, then there's two players that might not be going out into a route. It's the tight end that's staying into block and it's the back that's staying into chip someone coming off the edge. But I think the Raiders can live with that. They'd have Devontae and Waller running routes, and they'd have Hunter Renfro. That's great. But I'd like to see, you know, Mac Hollins, a fourth wide receiver out there. I want to see the maximum amount of Raider weapons out on the field running downfield north and south. That's what I want to see. I want to see Carr be able to step back into the pocket on a five-step drop and have time to look left pump fake, look right, go back left and make a big play to Devontae. They're only going to be able to do that if Carr has protection. And at this point, there's not a lot of people around the league who think Carr is going to have great protection. Okay, there's not a lot of insiders if you turn on Fox or ESPN or some of those debate shows, whenever they bring up the Raiders, the low-hanging fruit, they don't know who Thayer Mumford is. They never heard of him. They can't pronounce Dylan Parham's name. So they just avoid him. Some of these idiots on, on these debate shows don't know the roster or the names. So they say the same thing. Man, I like Denver because of Russell Wilson. Oh, man, uh, Joey Bosa and Justin Herbert, I like them. They don't know the Raider roster until the Raider roster starts winning games, and then they hear about some of these names out there. And uh, that's why we have a flagship station, Vinny Bonsignor, Clay and Heidi, and the people that are at practice every day, Q, who grinds harder than them. They know the players and the roster. And the national media doesn't. That's why the Raiders aren't getting their respect. And they haven't been getting their respect for a while, and they're only going to get it by winning games. 702-365-9200, at JT the Brick on Twitter. Here's Ken in Jersey. We appreciate you streaming the show. Ken and Colin, what's happening? Yes, sir. Just on that, uh, 90, uh, that turnpike heading home from the day, I couldn't agree more with you on that last bit there. Uh, just We're very blessed to have this radio station as national fans. You know, Raider Nation is worldwide. Mm-hmm. Uh, listen, I'll be out there in Florida this week. Just happened to be in Florida that week. It's like, oh, I'll go check out the game. So I'll be front in the uh, end zone with the Sting makeup on, representing Raider Nation. Uh, I had a good question for you. Uh, you know, we get all these preseason Cinderella uh, players, like guys like uh, uh, Chris Warren III, right? right? I'm wondering if you think T. Billy, everybody likes T. Billy. I'm not impressed. I think he's got some wheels. He hasn't really done anything in the preseason. I know you yeah. guys see things, you know, as they're as they're yeah. saying, but am I wrong in saying that? Yeah, look, let, let me jump in and tell point? you about the depth of this. I want to start, I appreciate the call, and, and make sure you find Gorilla Rilla. Okay, make sure you find Gorilla Rilla because Gorilla Rilla is going to be sitting there. I don't know if Gorilla Rilla is going to all the preseason games. God knows, I don't even know how he can with all the money it costs to go on that. As we look at the Raiders' depth over these five cuts that are coming here, 
over the next couple of days. There are going to be players that aren't very recognizable to you. And then when we get down to 53, that's when it's going to be really unique to see who's going to be here. The guys on the back end, I think DJ Turner now makes the team. Max Holland's going to be there. Zamir White. Amir Abdullah is fascinating to me. Some people I talk to wink, wink in the press box. So like JT, are you looking at Kenyon Drake? What do you think's going to happen with him there? I'm focusing heavy now on the defensive side of the ball at the linebacker position and what's going to happen there after the Kaiser injury and what happened uh, with Frackwell and what his injury there. So with all the players that are here and the fact that we're not seeing a lot of the corners play, Rock Yassin, Anthony Averett, look at what's happening now other than Nate Hobbs. Amik Robinson, I thought, played pretty good at times yesterday. The depth is going to show up quickly, and the final guys that make, as we talk about this and appreciate your call coming in, are last-second cuts who can play special teams. That will be critical going forward. 702-365-9200 as we continue on. I got a lot of news to get to. I thought the Deshaun Watson move would come down today. It is not, and we're waiting on that. I think that is going to be a really big decision. I expected that by the end of today, maybe tomorrow morning. Roger Goodell's decision on Deshaun Watson. And man, the Jacksonville fans were brutal to him. Oh, they use profanity. I'm going to get into that later in the show. One of the things that's changed here in Vegas, the Vegas fan is different than the Oakland and the LA fan. The Jacksonville fan with Deshaun Watson and what they were chanting to him was absolutely brutal. My brother-in-law lives there and was at the game. He's an Eagles fan. He went to the game and said it was brutal. So this Deshaun Watson thing, I think the commissioner wants to clean up here real quickly. Mike in Staten, Italy. Mikey, what's happening? What do you got? Hey, JT. Hey, just watching this second Raider game. This isn't your mother's Raiders. This isn't the the bad boys. This is a well-disciplined, well-cohesive, everybody's accountable. They weren't the crazy offside, the illegal use of the hands. The, the dumb penalty on the out-of-bounds hit on third down mm-hmm. that would keep him on the field. If this is I, – I understand it's only the second exhibition game, but if it's, this is a foreshadowing of the way we're going to play in the season, we're going to start finally getting the calls. Because every second-teamer and third-teamer look disciplined, and you know that puts the pressure on, on the thing. The second, JT, mm-hmm. I love – and we haven't even <laughs> seen the defensive line, but like you say – the depth in the defensive line, uh, uh, Lancaster, a green, uh, insane. With then you put him with Chandler Jones and Crosby to keep them. To, uh, I love this defense. It's going to be a defensive running ball. Hey, JT, do we have anything to worry about with the kicker? He missed that extra point. Is no. he 100% healthy? Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Mike. He's fine. We just had a caller asking about Billings, too. Uh, out of Baylor and what his status is going to be. And because of the lack of depth and what we've seen so far with some of the guys who aren't playing, Bilal Nichols, and the lack of depth in the interior there. These are players that are fighting hard, and Billings is a good one. You mentioned the kicker. Kicker's fine. The kicker led the league in scoring, led the team the last two years. He's a machine. He's an absolute machine. Everybody freaks out about red zone scoring. Got a great kicker. I've had a quick philosophy that I, I remember going back to Sebastian Janikowski. And a coach told me at the time, he says, when you have a player as good as Janikowski, and we have one now with Daniel Carlson, you need nine points a game, nine points a game from them, which is either three field goals, that's nine, or two touchdowns or three touchdowns with three extra points, 
and two field goals. Nine. We have that guy. So I'd like to see Carlson sit with his hat on, more on the sidelines and kick extra points and field goals. But, man, he is a weapon to have. And there was a busted special teams coverage play, and I was up in the press box with Jason Horowitz and Lincoln Kennedy, and Carlson reached to make a play. And we all were like, I was at least, oh, my God, don't throw out a hamstring or do anything trying to make a tackle there. Cole's one of the best punters in the league. And on any given Sunday, the Raiders have the best kicker in the league or one of them. Baltimore's got the best, obviously, but the Raiders have a top three guy, top four guy in the league. And that's going to be a strength of this team. Hey, it's Harry Ruiz's birthday today, the Latino voice of the Raiders. Send him a tweet if you can. He's going to join us at 105. And NFL Hall of Fame voter Howard Balzer at 130. JT on a Monday. Snap, turn, handoff, drink, stutters to the right, falls forward, has the first down. He wasn't going to get it initially, but DJ Wanham couldn't bring him down in the backfield. Drake fell forward to the eight, and it's first and goal for Las Vegas. Jason Horowitz on the call. Drake, a very important part of this team because of what he can do, catching the ball out of the backfield. It's a priority for Josh McDaniels, but with Zamir White and some of the other projected running backs, that, to me, could be the biggest test. Who's going to be the eighth offensive lineman? Right, the starting five, you need the swing. You need a couple of guys there that could step in seven, but they got to carry eight. They have to. They have to have depth on the offensive line. Five, five running backs with a fullback. Then all the wide receivers here, six wide receivers. You start taking that out of the number of 53. You wonder about linebacker and the depth of the cornerback position. I'm most concerned about the depth of cornerback at this point, because I don't think the Raiders have great cornerbacks. Casey Hayward played very well last year. He's gone. Rock Yassin, I haven't been able to see, other than early in camp. He hasn't been out there. And Mullen is not available and hasn't been available there. So that ability to go up against two really good quarterbacks right out of the gate in Justin Herbert and Kyler Murray is a concern for me. But the Raiders still have a couple of weeks to figure this all out. JT, back with you. You heard the voice of Steph McKenzie. As she leads us out of all these breaks, she was at the game with her kids, uh, thanking her for coming by the torch. Diehard Raider fan, and she was one of the first people in the building getting ready to see the team. If you went to the game, what was your experience like? Did you tailgate? Did you walk over the Hacienda Bridge? Did you Uber? What'd you do? And uh, how's the experience been for you? This is a dress rehearsal. You kind of got to get used to it before the first game against Arizona. You kind of want to know how you get into the game. I think it's pretty easy. Most people who take Ubers, it's really easy. People who drive and have parking passes like it. I don't know many people that drive and don't have a parking pass. I don't know where you park. I have no idea. I don't know where you go uh, before the game or after the game, but it's great to see you up at the torch. Now, a couple of things I wanted to mention here before the top of the hour we get Harry on. Joel Batonio is one of the best guards in the league, and he's really the leader in the locker room. For the Cleveland Browns, and it was alarming the way Deshaun Watson was booed. He was one of seven. He was awful. Well, one of five in that game for seven yards. He was terrible. What a mistake by Cleveland to play Deshaun Watson. Why would they play him with the suspension coming up? There was no need to. He didn't play well. The boo birds were out. And here's what the starting left guard of the Cleveland Browns said about it. 
I think once Deshaun came out of the game, we got booed less. Um, <laughs> but uh, but you go to a road game, I mean, they boo you anyway. You know what I mean? So so we'll we'll see how it goes. I'm sure it, it, it seems like uh, more than ever, you know, Cleveland gets the world. So we'll be ready for it. So he said something interesting. It's Cleveland against the world, and it is. It is Cleveland against the world. Kareem Hunt wants to be traded. They ran Baker Mayfield out of town. Baker Mayfield deserved to be there. They ran him out of town. All to get Deshaun Watson, and now Deshaun Watson, this has been a disaster, and the players now have nothing else to say other than the fact that it's us against the world. I thought Pittsburgh looked really good with Pickens at quarterback. They were, he was locked in playing in his old college stadium there where the Steelers played, so his rhythm was great. Lamar Jackson could be interesting. He doesn't have a contract yet. If he doesn't get a contract before the start of the season, he'll be a free agent next year, and he doesn't have an agent. So he doesn't want to negotiate when the season starts. But the biggest story in football by far, other than Watson over the last couple of days, has been what's happening to the Jets quarterback. And for the Jets quarterback, Zach Wilson, to have a knee injury the way he does, and it was a non-contact injury. He cut, trying to go upfield here. Here's the Jets head coach, Robert Sala, about the upcoming surgery today in L.A. He's on his way to L.A. to have his, uh, his procedure and and then we wait. They'll know more once they get in there. We're optimistic, but uh, he's not out of the woods until they get in there and, and make the decision. Yeah, it's really fascinating to me. They're saying it could be two to four because it's a meniscus tear, and they could do a bunch of things with that, with technology today, really quickly get him ready to go. But what happens if they go in there and it's worth, worse than expected? It's a big deal. The Jets weren't going to compete for the playoffs, I believe, this year. They're in the same division as Buffalo, but that quarterback's the franchise. He's the face of the franchise, and he got hurt. In a non-contact situation, that's what can happen to Derek Carr in practice. And everybody goes, well, you don't want to play him. I agree, don't play him. But if he's in practice and he tucks and runs and he runs upfield and he cuts, that's exactly what happened to Wilson. He cut, he wasn't tackled, and he got hurt. And then they hit on Jalen Hurts in that game. The Jets hit Jalen Hurts out of bounds, and that could have ended his season. It reminded me of the Mo Lewis hit against Drew Bledsoe that brought Tom Brady into the league, and Jalen Hurts popped right up. And he was good to go. So that's going around the league here. We'll see if there's any other injuries out there. I think Denver has the injury bug in a big way. And the Raiders face them early this year at home. Alabama is on the top of the AP 25 for the ninth time. We'll talk about that next hour. But coming up, Harry Ruiz joins us. The Spanish voice of the Raiders. It's his birthday. So we're excited to have him on today. I think he had dinner with Gorilla Rilla last night. We'll get an update on that. And his view of the games, calling the game yesterday on the flagship of the Raiders.